When I first moved to Perth, it was me alone as I was with all these other like new kids in a foreign country. We became fast friends, I think, because mentally we knew that if we didn't make friends with these people, we were doomed. Hi, I'm Alice from Hong Kong. And I'm Ian from Malaysia. And we are Pronunification, the Sydney-based podcast about our Asian experiences in foreign contexts. Here, we discuss what it's like to live abroad in multicultural Sydney as people who grow up in Asia. Hi, I'm Ian. I have pork chops for dinner today. Hi, I'm Alice, and I lit a candle for, sorry, a candle. Or you could light a Kindle. Those things are made of plastic. Not advisable, but... <laughs> and I'm Ben, and I'm the very first guest on Banana Vacation. Thanks for this having me, guys. This is how guests, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Banana Vacation podcast. Um, yeah, so you hear a third voice. Really excited. Uh, ben is one of my best friends. In fact, one of my longest running friends. And we have him on here today to discuss friendships, something I have personally found perplexing my whole life. <laughs> it's okay, you can laugh. <laughs> um, so yeah, how, how, how has your day been then? Oh, it's been good. Um, been looking at a lot of what, what was happening in the US you know, over, over the last two days. So the U.S. Capitol Hill was stormed by Trump supporters two days ago or yesterday or something like that. And then a lot of people are asking him to get impeached um, the second time, which is very interesting. So I've been, you know, looking at a lot of news articles on that and watching a lot of shows on that. So that's going to be my day. I've, I've seen the theory that saying as a last bit attempt, Trump will, has done this in order to get impeached so that Pence can be president. And in the small window where Pence is president, he can pardon Trump. Oh, that's a plot twist. That is a plot twist, hey. <laughs> but that's like, that's like WhatsApp level journalism. That is not credible at all. So let's, let's not quote that or propagate that particular theory. To introduce Ben, Ben is one of my oldest friends. Uh, as he mentioned, we knew each other way back when. We entered the same primary school together. We entered the same class in primary school. That was six years of education. Then we went into the same high school that we were in different classes. After high school, there was like one year apart. And then Ben came over to Western Australia to study. Uh, to do his degree where I was in. But different universities. Yeah, but in different universities. We've actually lived together in the same house for more than 12 months collectively. There was the 12 months, um, that one year, and then there was that three mm -hmm. months, if you remember. That last three months at your friend's place. Oh, yeah, I remember, but okay, so that... So that was interesting, right? The first 12 months was at the beginning of our term in Perth. And then the last three months was at the end of my tenure back in Perth. Because after that, I came yeah. to Sydney. I went to Sydney. Mm -hmm. and, very, and very remarkably, uh, the thing that brought Ben to Sydney was the same thing that brought me to Sydney. We both independently received invitations to the assessment center, told each other that we were flying on the same day and realized we had been invited to the same company's assessment center, 
we both passed, we both joined the same company for a year uh, before Ben went on to pursue bigger and better things in Melbourne. But it is great to have him here. Um, when, when, when looking at the guests that we have today, Alice and I decided there is no better topic than the topic of friendships. Friendships are obviously very important, no duh, but they're also very difficult. I personally find them really difficult. As an international student, I've heard many people say they find it very difficult. Um, so this would be interesting because at least from my perspective, looking at you, you seem to have lots of friends. <laughs> like even in Perth, you had like a lot of like friend circles. And I, and I wondered like, where is he getting them? Is there like a friend store that I don't know about? <laughs> you, e elaborate a little bit. Um, what was it like moving to Perth from, from Malaysia? Just in general. I think the reason that I was kind of involved in a lot of different social groups is because I don't identify with a specific group as per se. So for instance, um, a lot of my friends that went into Perth, that, that came to Perth with me at the same time, um, they were Christians. So automatically they would gravitate towards, you know, joining youth clubs, uh, youth groups, like, you know, mainly towards, you know, worshiping, you know, Jesus Christ and, and everything like that. Um, for me, yes, um, I'm, I'm a Buddhist on paper, but having said that, uh, I go to the temple one, once a year. So sorry, mom, sorry, dad. I think in order to kind of expand your social circle, the first thing is that you don't identify with your social circle, which is kind of an oxymoron, very counterintuitive, but it is what it is because it, by, by keeping an open mind, you will just go out and meet more people, I guess. So that, that's kind of my first taste when I came to Perth. And then just, just the one thing of reinventing yourself when you go to a new place. And that was very interesting as well. Was this concept something that you had in your mind when you left Malaysia? Or is this something that you realized you had to do when you arrived in Australia? I was always a chameleon. So even back in high school, even back in primary school, I was never a permanent fixture of any clique, any social clique. Um, you know, like, like I'm, friend, I'm friends with the quote unquote jocks. I'm friends with the quote unquote nerds in the class. Um, I'm, I'm friends with the troubled kids, you know, the ones that always get sent to the disciplinarian um, um, offices. Um, so I think I was always attuned and accustomed to kind of be a chameleon and just join different people and just talk a lot of different crap. Uh, but no, it wasn't like a game plan set in my mind, clear, clear as crystal, saying that I go to Perth, this is what I'm going to do. But over the years, you know, as you kind of go through this kind of ups and downs of, of, of life or social circles and whatnot, you will find out that, oh yeah, there's actually some order to the chaos. Was there a specific group in uni or school that I guess you associate with the most? Good question. Um, I, I think I had phases. So... At the beginning, obviously, you would want to gravitate towards what felt comfortable. So people that look like me, talk like me, so AKA people from Malaysia, right? That, that's usually what you start out with, you gravitate towards. And, and usually you would have a separate you know, type of friends, which is like uni friends, which you kind of do work together. Um, it's great if you have both of them in the same type of people, but usually it's not. 
Um, and, and that was actually my first three years, I think, where I stick mainly to my Malaysian friends. But having said that, these are different social groups of Malaysian friends. So at least, you know, you get some variety. Um, I think Ian actually shared a similar um, experience where I think you went to Perth when you were in year, year 12 in high school. So my friend circle pickup stories actually a little similar to yours now that we're talking about it. I came to Perth, well, I came to Western Australia a year before Ben did uh, for college. And because we were all technically speaking underage legally, the college had legal custody of us, which meant that they had to manage our housing. And so I was put in a room in a house. There were three blocks of houses right next to the college and they were all that international student batch and within the international student batch the malaysians stuck together mm-hmm. i have to admit we we did include uh, a, a thai dude we did include the singaporean dudes when they came in we kind of laughed at them and it's like haha you know <laughs> welcome back to malaysia <laughs> um for people yeah so 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 for people listening there is a quote unquote um, rivalry between Malaysians and Singaporeans, just so you know. <laughs> I remember being there in Australia, me coming from Malaysia, having English as my first language, you know, having seen what a Western country was like only through books and through media, and me being there in that country alone as an international student made me realize I was glad to be a Malaysian because it gave me uh, it, it gave me membership into a friend circle. It was like my it was like my membership card that allowed me to be friends with these people. There was a very interesting effect. I don't know if you, Alice or or Ben, experienced this, but at least in uni circles, I found that if there was a Malaysian and they knew I was Malaysian and I knew they were Malaysian, we were friends. It's like, oh, you're Malaysian. Hey, which part of Malaysia are you from? Boom. And, and then you suddenly assume that you're friends. And, and you guys are friends. <laughs> yes, 100%. I feel exactly the, the, the same way. Especially when you, you know, like you said, right, you go to a foreign country. Obviously, you would, if you see a bunch of, if you see two groups right in front of you, one looks like you, talks like you, and another group that doesn't look like you, it doesn't talk like you, obviously the human nature in yourself, given that we're social beings, we will gravitate towards the people that, you know, looks like us and talk like us. So yes, 100%, I get where you're coming from, Ian. At what point did you guys decide that you want to branch out and, you know, what was the motivation behind that? Was there something that happened? Were you guys invited to anything outside of your social groups? And how did you guys even get started? So in my case, I have to come clean. Social group number one, when I first landed in this country, were the international students of my college. Social group number two was uh, the church youth group. So I, I am one of those people. <laughs> so Ben got me on the head there. I am one of those people who... Um, yes, I got it. <laughs> my th- there was a family friend who was pastoring a church in in Perth in in the city area of Perth. As it turns out, the church that he's pastoring 
is made up predominantly of Malaysian immigrants. Bizarrely, people who left Malaysia 30, 40 years ago, so they were all like much older than I was, but those, um, those people had children in Perth and then their children were around my age group. So I had those two friend circles. Uh, the college friend circle dissolved quite quickly because none of us had a car and we all went different places across Perth. If you've not been to Perth, Perth has a gigantic land surface area to have to cover to see people. So it was very hard to get around without a car. But number two was my church circle and I saw them frequently. And I have to admit, I was socially lazy. I did not venture out of my groups, even in uni. I didn't pick up any friends in uni. I wasn't as lucky as you, Ian, that I came to Perth joining the first year university, which means that technically I don't have a legal guardian. I do not have to live on campus. So what that entails is that just by being in Perth for the very first time, I didn't have like a automatic social circle that I belong to, which is good and not good at the same time. Um, it's good that because you learn to be on yourself, which, you know, that, that's another topic for another day. But also to, uh, you know, but, but the bad part would be that, you know, once you come in to the first year of university, especially when people come from year 12, year 11 in Australia, they already have their social groups. And, if, if, and, and this is the one thing that I've, I've noticed a lot was that the first year was very hard to make friends. It's because a lot of them already have their social groups, especially coming into uni. So, you know, the international students, people like, you know, Ian, you know, they, they came from year 11, year 12. So they already have a, a few people that they know that they kind of grew up together one year in year 12 and then went into uni together. Or the, the local people that, you know, obviously spend their whole lives here. So they have their own social circles as well. It gets really awkward when a guy like me came into uni first year, not knowing anyone, not knowing how it works in Australia, uh, not very confident in speaking English for the very first time because, you know, we, we don't really speak that much of English in, in, back in Malaysia. So, yeah, it was definitely uh, a learning experience, I guess, coming in for the first time. Now, now you mentioned um, that you, you made mostly Malaysian friends, but they were Malaysian friends in different circles. Where did you find them? <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, the first bunch of friends that I found was I went to, not, not a food court, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a cafeteria back back in in my university i saw a bunch of people i heard them speak 100 percent, they are malaysian walked up said hi and that's it um that was my first bunch of friends the second bunch of friends which is also very cliche um was that i played badminton and then lo and behold everyone that plays badminton are either malaysian or asian um there's always that one token white guy in, in an Asian group, um, which we have, but you know, mainly they are Asians in there. And then that's how I met my kind of second group of friends of, of Malaysians. What was the biggest difference that you noticed between the, the friends you were making here 
versus the friends you were making in Malaysia, was there any noticeable difference or less than you thought? They're different, but the friendships kind of are also quite similar, I guess, with, with just that with the Australians, there's just more alcohol involved. <laughs> mm. I can attest to that as someone who did not really drink all that much before he came here. Uh, thinking back, the closest thing I had to friends in university were my first year final project mates. So we had a team, uh, we had to do a report for our first year final report, something or other. I can't remember what it was about. But anyways, I was, I self assigned to be the editor, bolted their work into decent shape. One of them was so grateful. He, he thought that I had saved his grade. I don't know why he was so thankful. He did do some work. Okay, he didn't do that much, but you know, he, he did do some. Anyways, he, he was like, Ian, you've actually like saved my degree. I can't thank you enough. We were all, we, we had all agreed that we would meet at the university tavern for celebratory drinks. My alcohol tolerance, and this is important for the story, is not very high. I can take half a pint before I start getting really red. Because I had arrived early and my own alcohol tolerance was not really known to me, I was like, I can't just be standing here like some twat when you walk into a restaurant, you have to buy something, right? So I got myself a can of beer um, and I had made it halfway through when this dude arrived. And he was like, dude, thank you. You saved my degree, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let me buy you a pint. And I was like, oh, you don't really have to. I've got like this can. And he was like, no, no, no. I got to get you a pint, man. I got to get you a pint. So I was like, okay, this. Found a seat. He came back with a gigantic looking pint. First pint I've ever had, by the way, was bought um, by this dude. And I told him that. And he was like, oh, dude, I get to buy you a first pint. That's crazy. And then he stares at me expectantly. I have this can of beer that I've sipped halfway through. I have this giant pint. And we're talking and he's like, dude, you got to drink up. I need to get you another one. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Oh, in fact, I think it's time for me to go. I have to go home and cook. I said that to him. And he's like, no, dude, you got to finish your pint. And I'm like, oh, I really can't. I said, as I was flushed bright red, I was trying very hard to not show that I was having breathing problems because my breathing gets restricted when I have too much. Speaking of, so Ben, you and I used to live together, actually, uh, as, as we mentioned. Not only did we live together, somehow we populated the house with a whole bunch of other Malaysians who came from the same hometown we did, from, from our same high school, actually. We did, we did, we actually did. Five of us, actually. How did you feel about that experience? Well, there is, hopefully your, your, your audiences can understand Mandarin, but there's, there's a saying called, uh, what that means is <laughs> being friends is easy. Living together is much harder, right? I mean, obviously, you know, like, there's 
just differences in um, trying to be very civil here. <laughs> um, you know, differences in, in how you want things done, differences in dietary requirements, um, restrictions, stuff like that, and also just the general level of cleanliness. You know, those kind of things would. This was the when the five of us lived together for the first time. So the first place you lived in when you moved to Perth was with us. The first time you moved out of home and into Perth was with us. No, 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 actually. Um, but the difference being that this was the first time I moved in with a bunch of people that were already my friends. So for the other Shea houses that I went into it is we go in. We're not knowing each other. We know we live together and then we sometimes become friends or sometimes we just become people who live together. But it's still, because you don't have that level of friendship at the beginning, um, everyone's a little bit more forthcoming with what they like and what they don't like. Like for instance, if you leave your stove on or, or you know you don't clean your plates and stuff like that, you'll tell them right away because there's no friendship at the beginning. But if you live with a friend, like let's say, hey Ian, do you wanna do you, do we wanna go and lease a house and live together, and then ask some other of our friends to come and live together with us? It, it's very different because at that point in time, there's that that shyness or or that that less forthcoming for you to just tell them off in a sense. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I felt. But do you think living together added any? benefits to the existing friendships did you guys get to spend more time together because you know there was literally more physical like FaceTime or did you guys just kind of stay in your room and you know did the usual I think and Ian like jump on into this if you want to but I feel like it was a, a mixture of both so I, I think most of us did spend most of our time in our own rooms um, out of the five of us, three of us, we went to the same uni, so we always went to school together, so it, it was a little bit different. Uh, but in general, was that it was always great to be living with friends because you just have someone to talk to. You know, if you feel like talking to someone, you literally just knock on their door and just walk in and just sit on their bed. Case in point, I do that with Ian almost every week <laughs> when, when we were living together. Mm. Um... And when you moved in to live with, obviously since then, both you and I have then shared houses with other people because that's what students do. Of, of the other people you've lived with, have you made new friends? Because I can say that for all of the period that I was in Perth, I have never made new friends with people I've shared a house with since you guys. Well, well, technically, you didn't make new friends when you lived with us because we were already friends before we moved in. Ah, you see, you no, no, you think that, but I actually didn't speak to the other two. Ah, fair there enough. Were five fair of us. Enough. There was me, you, and there was another guy who was a fellow prefect in high school. So I spoke to him, but barely. The other two I had actually never spoken to before, prior to moving into the same place with them. Oh, you and actually did make friends. Okay. Where it was like, oh, you're from, you're from Malaysia too. Ah, oh, we're friends. Now. Not just that, we're all from the same high school, eh? <laughs> yeah, just, just casually ignore the fact that we never talked in high school. No, no, we're friends now. What are you talking about? That, that doesn't matter. 
so I'm thinking back, right? Like I, I identify as an introvert. Um, you wouldn't believe it because I have a podcast, but I, I identify as an introvert. When I first moved to Perth, uh, it was me alone. I didn't know how to dress myself. I didn't know what fashion was. I was with all these other like new kids in a foreign country. We became fast friends, I think, because mentally we knew that if we didn't make friends with these people, we were doomed. Like, it is so isolating to be separate from your family for the first time and to be in a foreign country. I think I've almost forgotten how isolating it felt, but it was. It was incredibly shocking. I identified as an introvert well before that. I was the kind of guy who was like, yeah, you know, I, I know everyone. I can talk to everyone. Like like Ben, I had I identified as a chameleon, but I didn't bother to deepen any of my friendships really. I thought I could get through life without that. I was shocked at my capacity to desire friendship when I was put in that scenario. Speaking of uni connections, actually, Alice, you've got an interesting case. Um, as your boyfriend, I now hang out with your uni friends. Yeah. You somehow have managed to keep a circle of uni friends so good that we still go out regularly, whereas I made zero friends in uni. How did you meet your friends? How the heck did you meet your friends and why are they like such a good circle? Um, I actually met my friends through um, a social group at Awake. It was actually- Orientation Week. Yeah, it was, yeah, during Orientation Week. We started off from a much larger group and I'm talking about a group of 20 or so. And then we kind of found our niche as we added each other on Facebook and, you know, we started texting each other and from what that, did you text each other about? How did you establish the, fr how did you grow the friendship? Probably about like TV shows and movies that we watch. So nothing really out of the norm, but I think the fact that we made the effort to keep seeing each other made it happen because I didn't live on campus, they didn't live on campus. So it was completely different from the experience from you guys where you guys were literally living together. Yeah. Well, most of my friends here in Australia are actually Asian Australians. They, you know, now, now they live by themselves or with their partner. But back then during uni, they actually all live at home. And I was living with my relatives back then. So I guess you can call that, you know, living at home as well. So the only way that we would see each other physically was actually making the effort to you know, schedule a time and place to meet up and whether that would be in uni or in a city or somewhere else. Um, I think it's, it is quite remarkable that we are still friends today after about five to six years. Also, given the fact that I was away because I moved back to Hong Kong for about four years until I moved back early this year. But we just sort of pick it up as, as if, you know, we were never apart. And I think I'm forever grateful for that. It's interesting because hearing what you guys should share about living, you know, on campus or in a share house, I actually always had this envy for people who live with their friends. Grass is always greener on the other side. <laughs> in, in fact, well, it, it's funny you say that because the grass really is greener on the other side. 
there was a rat among us. I don't know if you know this, Ben, but there was a rat among us. As in an, an actual physical animal rat? Actually, yes. I don't know if you were around. I don't know if you were around to see it. I have no recollection of this at all. Did we have a rat? I know, I, I know, I know we got our wallet stolen, some of us. <laughs> uh, we, we had a bulgari, if you remember. <laughs> that I remember. Yeah. So probably, probably two great stories to tell here. Number one, I think towards the end of the tenancy, uh, someone left a bag of flour in the bottom right corner where the stove was. I don't know if you can remember what our stove looked like, but the stove in the place we shared had like these cupboards below the stove and someone left baking goods there. Someone left a bag of flour and some chocolate chips because they had been baking at our house. And one day we noticed it kind of smells a bit. I wonder where this smells coming from. I open the cupboard and I see something move and I quickly close it and I'm like, what is that? Then I hear squeaking. I call a couple of friends over and we open it to find a nest of, of rats, of like baby rats in the corner. They had somehow come into the cupboard. I don't know how they got into the cupboard. They had bitten a hole through the flower. So they're eating the flower. They had bitten through the plastic bag covering the chocolate chips. So they had torn it open with their teeth and there was rat poo everywhere in the cupboard. That was what the smell was. The smell was rat poo and rat. I don't chalk that up to friends living with friends. I chalk that up to all of us being kind of dumbasses who are living out of our parents' places for the first time. I will definitely say that was a good bonding moment for me and the other two friends who had to dispose of said rats. I'll, I'll spare the details, but it involved um, a few plastic bags. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so, you know, the, the other story I wanted to tell was going back to Ong's previous point about how it's, it's so good to have someone near you to be able to talk to them. That was especially the case for when we first moved in. We moved in and within a month, we were burgled twice. Someone hopped through an empty window of ours that didn't have a safety net or a safety screen. Someone hopped in through the fence and then through, our, through the backyard, through our window, stole everyone's passports and wallets. And oh. iPads. They, in fact, and yeah. iPads. Yeah, and, that's right. And, they, they and a side note on this is that the burglars did not actually steal any laptops. Because I think the burglars knew that if they stole the laptops, it would be too obvious and we'll figure it out right away. That's why they only stole small stuff, things like wallets and, and iPads, just so you guys know. The fact that they need to steal the passports is quite dangerous though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I can't imagine what it would have been like for any of us individually if we weren't living together, because the feeling is so Scary. repulsive and so violating and the police were of no help whatsoever i we didn't catch them just so you guys know we had, we never caught the people that that stole our stuff <laughs> were were you part of the people who were talking to the police because i remember when we called the police up and and we were talking and they said 
oh yeah, burglars usually happen in this area in the summer. <laughs> it's like what? So so I was there. I was there when we when when the police officer was there. I I overheard them talking, and and the police officer just said, "There's no way for us to catch them. Just uh, I guess don't have your windows open at night because burglaries happen around this season in this area." Was it a dangerous suburb? Actually, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a suburb next to university. We didn't think it would be dangerous, but apparently, it was. The absolute laughability of the situation is that there is a suburb right next to that one, and apparently that suburb is golden and very safe, even though they're literally just one street apart. Maybe you guys were targeted as international students. That's likely, but how did you know? There were so many questions like, how did they know we were international students? Why us? Where did they come from? If we didn't have the access of each other. It would have been much harder to process those emotions. Do you think you guys were all asleep? Well, they were working overnight. I it was at night. Actually, they did break in at night, right? But they must have like. From from what I remembered was that everyone was in the living room because we had friends over at that point in time. Some of us were working, so we weren't at home. But when we came home, we knew what happened. But everyone was in the living room at that point in time. I think it was after a road trip that we all went. And then we, after the road trip, we stayed at the living room. I, I think they just get dinner together with, you know, not just the five of us, but every other people as well. And then, well, I think that's the only way they could have accessed the room without us knowing, right? Our rooms are like yay big. Like I'm gesturing here. Obviously, this is a podcast, but I'm gesturing like a very small room. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm just glad nobody got hurt when we came back. I will say that event got us all a little closer together. Nothing fosters a good friendship like trauma, in my view. <laughs> like a good crisis, so everyone huddles together. No, most of my other friendships just die like a slow, boring death. I will say though, um, one of the weird cases where friendships died and then got rezombified and animated is this. I go to our primary school meetups. So Ben and I went to the same primary school. So he knows these people. We were a class of fifty. Remarkably, every Chinese New Year, we will meet up together for dinner at least once. Yeah, and I'm always never back in our hometown for me to join. He's never back because he usually goes to Kuala Lumpur instead of、uh, Kota Kinabalu, which is where. Which is where we're Which from. Where I'm from. <laughs> I guess technically where Ben was from for a while.、Um, these are people who I never talked to for the rest of the year. These are people who I did not talk to for seven years, actually. How did you get invited? There was a Facebook group. Someone made a Facebook group for our class, added a whole bunch, and then I can't remember who it was who organized the first one, but they said, "Hey." Wouldn't it be really funny if we all met up together after not seeing each other forever? And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds really funny." So I showed up. The first group was was pretty full. I think we had like twenty people show up, and then somehow we did it again the next year, and, and then, then we did it again the next year, and we just kind of didn't stop since. So every Chinese New Year, I will go back and resume this friendship that I never had. I didn't talk to these people when we were in primary school. 
I wasn't their friends when we were in primary school, the main reason we met up. But I go back and have dinner with them every Chinese New Year when we do our gatherings, and we resume some kind of friendship there. I think that's possible. I've, I myself also had a friendship rekindle when I moved back to Sydney earlier this year. Um, so there's this girl who we both went to uni. She's also from Hong Kong, but when I moved back to Hong Kong, she she moved back as well. But you know, we didn't really keep in touch. And then she moved to Tasmania for her master degree, and I stay in Hong Kong and work. And she saw my message one day on Instagram because I fo- I posted a photo. Of me being in Sydney, and she messaged me, and we just started chatting from there, and we started seeing each other again and doing meetups. I think it's definitely possible for friends to for for friendships to be picked up again. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. It 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 just always you just need oh you always just need that one catalyst. You know what I mean? Either a very Either a very unshy person or something that happened, or you know, and 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 Ian, just so you know, I was the one that organized the first <gasps> reunion because yeah. remember I was the class you monitor. The first one and yeah, so I showed up to any of the other ones again. Yeah, I showed up for the first two, and then and and that was it because I was just never there. The timing was just never right. Um. So yeah, I mean, I mean, you need someone to do it. That's the thing. You just need someone to do it. You just need, you know, you just need to reach out. Like I'm, I'm looking at the two someone's right now in my life, who are the ones who do it, and and I. Towards the end of 2020 and and to some extent 2021, my my personal goal is to try and be more of that guy. I think, having been alive and observed and fought from a distance for so long. I realize there really is no secret sauce to making friends. It seems, and especially listening to the two of you go, right? Like Ben, you found people because you like badminton and you wanted to play badminton. Alice just like talked to new people. There really doesn't seem to be any secret sauce. Um, Just the fact that you're the one doing it proactively probably makes the other person grateful. I know if someone proactively talked to me, I would feel really grateful. I think it's actually, easier to rekindle old friendships um because there is this i don't know if you guys think that but don't you think you got like there is this nostalgic element to it like like you and your you know primary school friends there's forever gonna be that shared identity that you guys have that you guys went to the same primary school and even you and ben to some extent you guys grew up in malaysia went to the same school, worked for the same company. Don't you think that adds to the bonding? Mm. Should I make new friendships or should I deepen existing ones? My answer is I recognize that I can, at my current stage, do both. The way I see my deep friendships, like, okay, I classify my friendships, I'll admit it. I classify Ben in a very special category because we have both the, the tenure and the experience. Um, I classify like our primary school friends as having like the tenure, but not the experiences. I haven't 
shared any lived experiences with them aside from primary school, but they've got the tenure, right? Do you have any friends that you met from, you know, part of uni that lived in Sydney? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know of anyone who qualifies as friends. I, the church group that I met in Perth, they have the experiences and a little bit of tenure. Because I was with them, I was within the same church for like, I think, six, seven years. Um, but, but I classify friends into like this thing. And what I personally believe in my friendships is that time matters. Like, objective time past does matter with friendships. You can go through something incredible together once, split apart, and your friendship will die. Or it could rekindle, right? But that doesn't grow it. Or you could say you've known this person, like, oh yeah, I met him like 10 years ago. Um, and you kind of just keep on running into them. That too is a kind of friendship, even though you don't really like say anything except for like coffee chat. Um, I recognize that in my life, the friends that I currently have, I do meet with them on a cadence. Like I ping Ben every now and then. I go out with my work friends every now and then. We go out together with your friends every now and then. That cadence exists. And on top of that cadence, I do have some capacity to reach out to people that I've not met before. Or you can, like, you can dig for your 800 friends on Facebook and hmm. see if any of them lives in Sydney and offer to meet with them. That's actually not a bad idea. I actually That's got, actually not a bad I actually idea. got you know several DMs when I first moved back to Sydney. Um, they saw that I post photos of me being Sydney and they were like, oh, do you want to catch up? In summary, uh, we've talked a bit about, well, not a bit, we've talked a lot about what it was like when we first moved to a foreign country, how we made friends, uh, where we made them, how those friendships turned out, and a little bit about how we think friendships can be grown and maintained. So to end on this, Let's get one piece of actionable advice from each of you, uh, starting with Alice. For the listeners out there who want to hear, you know, if they're also an Asian living in a foreign context or just, you know, someone who wants friends, what's one piece of actionable advice you can give to them? Go. Um, I guess don't be afraid to reach out to old friends or mutual friends of your friends. Brilliant. Ben? If they're Asian and you're Asian, walk up and say, hey, do you want to get lunch, dinner, or a boba? Done. Easy. Simple. That's it. <laughs> My input, if you're Asian, join your local Subtle Asian X chapter. I met Alice through the Subtle Asian Life Sydney Facebook group, which is a subset of the Subtle Asian Leftovers. Um, we met a bunch of mutual friends through there, in fact, as well, though more than likely they're mostly guys. No, if, if you're not Asian, or if you already have enough friends and you want to deepen them, my advice is be the person to ask them out for a coffee the second time. You already did the hard work of the first time, be that guy to do it the N plus one time. I know I will be trying to do that too, so we'll root for each other. All right, thank you very much. This is the second episode of Bananafication. Uh, 
I don't know. I still don't know whether you can rate us on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. You actually probably can't, but drop us a mail. Drop us an email at bananafication.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, email's in the description. You don't have to trans- transcribe what I said. Um, anything else? Bye. Let's say our byes. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. It was great. Thanks for having me. Cheers. See y'all.